Hi Anna, thanks so much for joining us on Britain's Bear Stories podcast. Thank you for having me. No worries. And uh, if you don't mind, can you tell us where you're based and who is in your family? Yeah, so I'm based in Newcastle upon Tyne and um, my family is Tim, is my husband, um, and our little girl, Robin, she is 22 months. I get confused with the months. So it's just two in January. <laughs> oh, all right. And and what's your profession apart from taking care of yourself and your family? I work as a customer relations executive. For- Wonderful. Right, okay, we'll, we'll just get into it. Um, was your pregnancy with, with Robin something that you'd thought about or was it something that just happened? Uh, kind of. Um, I had been with my husband for a long time and by this point we'd been married about three years mm-hmm. um, and we'd had a brief conversation yeah. where we kind of all thought we'd be kind of thinking we would like to start a family Um but we'd never tried before. So it was obviously a bit of an unknown, like it is for, for most people that start out on that sort of journey. Yeah. Um, and I had come off um, hormonal contraceptives the mm-hmm. year before. So I'd had about a year already mm-hmm. of using um, an app called Natural Cycles. Right. Um, so I'd gone into that already thinking... Well, I was a bit dubious about not using hormonal contraceptive. So even then, I kind of thought, well, I'll give it a go. But if I fall pregnant, we're married, we've got a house, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah. So I'd been using this app to prevent pregnancy for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it worked absolutely brilliantly. And I felt loads better not being on a hormonal contraceptive. Yeah. Um, and we'd had a brief discussion, like I said, where we thought, yeah, let's maybe just not be careful mm-hmm. we'd kind of just thought well not officially try for a baby but we'll just kind of see what happens yeah um this was in the sort of april and i remember saying to tim you know we'll be really lucky um if maybe we get pregnant by christmas wow um and then two weeks later <laughs> um <laughs> I just, I don't know, I don't know, I hadn't even taken a test, my period wasn't even late, but I just knew I felt different, and I can't pinpoint what it was mm-hmm. that felt different, but I just knew, um, so I waited um, and took a test, and yeah, surprise, surprise, <laughs> it happened very quickly, so um, yeah, it was it was a shock, mm-hmm. which sounds silly, but um a lovely surprise so kind of planned kind of yeah wow wow and and when you did find out what were you were you thinking at that point in terms of where or how you'd like to birth how did that all come about for you um well I didn't honestly think that much about it till I was probably about halfway through mm-hmm. um, my pregnancy. Um, and then I started thinking I needed to kind of have a better understanding. I think I'd always been quite maternal, so I knew I'd always wanted to have children. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it wasn't something I'd really thought about till quite a way through my pregnancy. 
Um, and then my friend who had already had um, a baby lent me a hypnobirthing book. Yeah. Um, so I read that and I just became absolutely fascinated by it and mm-hmm. learned so much. And um, yeah, it actually just made me really excited because it's it just amazed me how incredible the female body is. Yeah, um, yeah. and what it does during pregnancy and birth so after that I booked on and did a hypnobirthing course as well prior Amazing. to um, having my little girl um, and yeah that's kind of where it went from there and mm-hmm. we decided to um... sorry my mum just came in there no worries <laughs> sorry right um so yes, um, I did my hypnobirthing course and um, went from there. But I think with it being my first baby, I definitely wanted to still be in a hospital mm-hmm. uh, setting. But I'd spoken to the midwife and because my pregnancy was low risk, um, I was very keen to use a birthing centre yeah. uh, rather than a kind of labour ward. So it was a bit more, well, it just kind of fitted in with my, my hypnobirthing and I would hopefully have the option to use uh, the pool and things. So, yeah, that that was the plan. Definitely, definitely. And, and, and the pregnancy overall, how was that for you? Um, the pregnancy was, I mean, aside from the usual bit of sickness at the start and mm-hmm. being a, generally a bit uncomfortable towards the end, um, other than that, it was very straightforward, um, which obviously I'm really grateful for. Yeah. Uh, it was fine. I think with it being a first pregnancy and because I'd got pregnant very quickly, I think the first half at least of my pregnancy, I was quite anxious. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I don't know if it, maybe it's probably quite a normal way to feel, but I kind of just thought, oh, this is, feels a bit too good to be true. Like, I haven't even really had to try to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it um, it all was fine. And it once I kind of settled into it, in hindsight, I look back on it now as a really special time. And I was very lucky to have a very straightforward pregnancy. And I absolutely loved being pregnant. <laughs> loved it. Oh, well, that, well, that's good to hear, at least, that you really enjoyed the experience overall. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, I do look back on it and really kind of miss it now. <laughs> it's strange, but I think because we didn't find out that Robin was a girl, yeah. it oh, sounds wow. really strange, but I really, really thought I was having a boy, so... I don't associate the baby that was in my tummy with Robin, which sounds really <laughs> strange. But, um, yeah, I absolutely loved it. And I used to love getting in the bath. And every night, I, whenever I turned the tap on, I'd get kicks. Aww. It was like my favourite favorite thing in the world. I loved it. Oh, that's amazing. And, and in terms of when you were pregnant, how did you feel about the support you were getting from, obviously, the, the maternity services, but also maybe from friends and family? Yeah, I, I have to say, I'm really lucky that we've got a really close family, so I did always feel really supportive. Mm-hmm. I was the only, the, the second one out of my really close group of girlfriends to have a baby. Yeah. Um, but... 
yeah, everyone was really, really supportive. And my friend that I'd already had, her little girl, was mm-hmm. like, I feel like she kind of got it more than some of my other friends. But regardless of, yeah. of anything, everyone was still so, so excited along with us. So it was, yeah, I always did feel really supported and, and well looked after, yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing, and, that, and that's so important, especially when it's the first time, because th- th- there's things that you might be feeling or thinking, but if no one else is in the same position, you don't really know mm-hmm. what to say. Yeah, absolutely. I think it really helped to have um a close friend that had already been through it as well, and mm-hmm. I remember, especially after I'd had Robin, I could yeah. be apologising to her because, because she was the first one. Mm-hmm. I just didn't get it and then after I had it obviously it's it's this life-changing it's wonderful but it's blooming hard as well yeah and um I remember kind of apologizing to her and just thinking I just don't know that I was like there for you enough and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm really sorry and she's like it's fine and it is but it's just yeah I think you don't realize until you've until you've done it sometimes that it can be quite tough and people do need support even if they don't ask for it yeah yeah no and I think it is one of the only cases in life where you really don't know until it's happened like Mm -hmm. no matter how much you read and watch and prepare until it's Mm -hmm. happened you can't fully comprehend what's going on yeah absolutely and I think I don't know whether it was it's probably a bit silly really but I was I was so clued up Mm -hmm. on the the birth and the pregnancy side of things and I was so into like I have no birth in and I was felt really prepared for that and it just never occurred to me to actually think about what happens when the baby actually (laughs) arrives um it was a bit of a shell shock really but then I think actually you know what babies don't come with a manual I think you could probably read all the books in the world and you still I don't think it ever really prepares you for it anyway oh yeah no definitely considering every single person is different every baby is different it's hard you know and it can be difficult when there's so many books and things out there and you think, right, I've read five of them, so I know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, yeah, it's, it's, it's a whirlwind. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but in terms of all that support you received, how were your appointments and your discussions that you were having with your, your care providers? How did you feel about them, if you reflect on it now? Um... Yeah, all really good, very positive. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember having a similar midwife um, for most of my appointments, but then she, I don't know why she transferred and I got a different midwife right at the end of my pregnancy and she oh. was still really nice, but that kind of threw me a little bit because mm-hmm. I was confident and comfortable with, with one person. Yeah. Um, but she was still lovely and... Um, yeah, all my appointments were, I have to say, like I say, touch wood, really straightforward. Um, the only tiny issues we had towards the end was that um, Robin was a bit of a tink and um, <laughs> I had to go for quite a lot of, well, I had to go for two or three, I think, um, presentation scans because right. we couldn't figure out if she was breached or not. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot towards the end of oh, I don't think baby's head down, we'll have to send you to the hospital to get a presentation scan because if if baby's breached at this stage, you'll probably have to have a cesarean. So there was right. all that kind of uncertainty at the end. But mm-hmm. 
have to say the the midwives and and the care that I received for all of that was was really good and everyone was very reassuring because it did feel very well just a bit of an unknown I felt like I was psyching myself up to have a cesarean one minute and then then I wasn't and baby was the right way around and it was Mm -hmm. no actually everything's fine just go home and keep bouncing on your birthing ball and it'll happen (laughs) and yeah so it was a bit of an unknown but in terms of the care Mm -hmm. and and that was all that was all brilliant I have to say yeah yeah, well, that's great to hear because we've recently been doing loads of um stories with women in the northeast, and mm. there's been a big mix. So it is great to hear that from you. Yeah, yeah, and uh, in terms of your labour, how how did that begin for you, and how did that progress? Well, it didn't. Oh. Um, <laughs> I I actually never went into labour. Right. So, um. I am never on time for anything and I think I kind of knew in my heart parts if this baby was going to be anything like me um she wasn't going to be on time so and she wasn't so um I touched on it before but I had um my last couple of midwife appointments ended up with getting sent up to the hospital mm-hmm. and to check and be reassured that she wasn't actually breached yeah um turns out she wasn't she just wasn't in the right position so her head hadn't dropped and so the head wasn't engaged and right. um, so she was still just happily floating around in there yeah. um so yeah I was meant to have um a sweep on my due date mm-hmm. which was the 3rd of January and um, so I went in like quite excited thinking right hopefully this might start things off yeah at which point I was you know pretty big and uncomfortable so I was kind of ready at this point um but the midwife said she wasn't happy to do a sweep because baby's head wasn't engaged um and there can be a risk if you do that and the head's not engaged that the umbilical cord could get in the way um so if the umbilical cord goes over the cervix and baby's head's not there it can cut off its own blood supply so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. obviously it was decided against a sweep so um and by that point it was my due date so she then said she would book me in for um an induction at 41 weeks right um and I do remember sitting there thinking especially because I'd done all my hypnobirthing and I was very much wanting the labour to start on its own Mm -hmm. um I do remember saying to her what if I don't want to be induced and she she wasn't very supportive Mm -hmm. in trying to kind of see my point of view and um yeah it was very much well I'm gonna book you in anyway um, and if you don't want it, you don't have to have it, but you really should have it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought, oh, well, okay. And I think because it was my first baby, I was very, I suppose, just not as confident and you, you, you're trusting people. And obviously, there's, of course, a reason mm-hmm. um, that they don't want you to go too far over. Um, there are risks involved in that. So I kind of just thought, okay, well, it's another week, so... I'll book in and and have my induction at 41 weeks if nothing's happened by then. Yeah. Um, So I just carried on. I have never bounced so much on a birthing ball. I (laughs) must have done it for hours every day. Um, 
but yeah, nothing nothing happened. So it got to forty one weeks. It got to well the day before, um, and I got a call from the hospital just to kind of advise me on what time to come in for my induction. Right. And I'd been really kind of oh, just not knowing what to do and deliberating and thinking. Because half of me was thinking, I really really wanted this labour to start on its own. Mm-hmm. I don't think baby's ready. Um, I hadn't felt her drop, so I had all that of thinking, oh, could I maybe just give it a bit longer? Yeah. But then, at the same time, I was really knackered, really mm-hmm. uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and I was also just thinking, oh, I don't know whether I'm just ready to get this baby out now. <laughs> so I spoke to them, and, and they told me a time to come in, and I, I said... I asked a few questions and said, if I was induced and everything kind of spouts off and I go into labour and I get into established labour, can I still use the birthing centre? And they said yes. So by the, by that point, it kind of swayed my decision and I thought, right, yeah. let's get the ball rolling here. Um, so, yeah, I went in at 41 weeks to be induced. Um, and so they started the induction process, which was... To use a pessary, mm-hmm. um, so had the pessary inserted and got on my ball and started moving around. And I did think, I think I started getting contractions. I don't know, but then it never really turned into anything. It just felt like a sort of strong period pain. Yeah. Um. So they kept examining me and they checked um, baby who was fine. Um, and and had I had another pessary, so that was right. the second one. Again, that did absolutely nothing. <laughs> so um, by this point, I was like walking around um, Lisa's Park, opposite the the RVI in Newcastle, like trying to do laps of the park and see if anything would happen. Came back, got on my birthing ball, still nothing. Thinking, oh god! And, and by this point, I don't know what I was expecting because, in hindsight, I didn't read up or research induction at all. Um, yeah. So, I still actually don't know how what the success rate is for induction. I just assumed it would work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But to cut a long story short, it just didn't for me. <clears throat> it just mm-hmm. didn't. So, I had a third pessary. By this point, it was like. I don't know, nearly 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd had kind of constant monitoring as well of the baby or nearly constant monitoring. So I can hear this little heartbeat going and going and going and going, um, which actually, I don't know, some people might find comforting, but I actually found quite stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, the the monitor picked up my heart rate instead of the baby's Um and all these midwives came rushing in and it was all a bit scary. Yeah. Um, and they're like, it's fine, it's fine, it's just picking up your heart rate, not the babies. But by then, um, it kind of shook me and I felt like I was a bit obsessed with listening to the baby's heart rate. Right. Um, anyway, so yes, so I'd had three pessaries and I probably by this point I had about three or four um, different midwives try and break my waters as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and just with no luck, basically my cervix was padlocked shut and right. there was just <laughs> nothing happening. So um, 
yeah, by that point, the midwife that had been in on the night shift before was back in for a second night shift and was like, are you still here? I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> and no progress. So it was a bit disheartening. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so then at that point, um, they got a consultant to come in and she had a feel and did an examination and she tried to break my waters and basically, again, nothing happened yeah so she at that point were at least 24 hours in from when I'd started the induction process and she said I'm going to give you two options you can stay here and you can have a cesarean Mm -hmm. or you can go home and you can come back in two days and we'll repeat the whole process again right so at this point I'm knackered because I haven't slept. Mm -hmm. I'm stressed because I'm a bit obsessed listening to baby's heart rate. And I think in my heart of hearts, I was too far in and I just thought, I've psychologically come into hospital now to have the baby. I don't actually think I can go home without one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So at that point, I very quite quickly decided that I would have a cesarean. So... By this point, it was about um, coming up to about 6 p.m. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd barely eaten all day, but I just had a cereal bar. And she said, oh, oh right, so if you're going to have a cesarean, you need to be nailed by mouth for six hours. And I thought, oh, my heart sunk because I really had barely eaten anything. But anyway, apparently a cereal bar still counts as, as food. <laughs> so mm. um, I had to wait till midnight. I said, okay, fine. So I just took it as an option opportunity to get a bit of rest and wait um and then midnight rolled around and a lovely midwife came along and she said really sorry there's some babies that have needed to go into theater ahead of you as Mm -hmm. an emergency and of course I'm thinking well that's absolutely fine I'm just sitting here with nothing happening yeah they they need to be prioritized that's fine um but it kept happening and happening and happening and people were kind of jumping the queue ahead of me um and then the anesthetist had to go and give somebody something and anyway it was probably about half four before they then came back along to um to take me down to theater so it was a really long night yeah and I was knackered but um I went down into theatre and I think it was, it was, I don't know, some bits of it are really vivid in my memory and some bits are all a bit of a blur. But um, in hindsight, it was really straightforward. Um, sat me down, um, did the big needle in the back and that was it. Um, and she was born at... 5.13am, wow. nine days late, two days <laughs> after I'd gone in for a, an induction. So mm-hmm. my birth actually was the complete opposite of what I had envisaged. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, I'm still so grateful that I did my hypnobirth in because I learnt breaths to do mm-hmm. um, at different stages of labour and although I didn't actually ever really physically go into labour yeah. the breaths and the, the for kind of keeping myself in a zone and keeping myself calm and focused were still absolutely invaluable and I, I still use them despite having a cesarean which wasn't planned at all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah that's kind of 
how it happened. Um, but the midwives were all amazing, and of everyone in the room, I was probably most grateful to the anaesthetist. Right. Um, he was the loveliest guy. And I think I said thank you to him, but it's all a bit of a blur. <laughs> when um, Tim, by this point, was like practically, well, actually, he wasn't practically, he was on the floor of the theatre with his legs in the air trying not to faint when they were trying to put all these big needles in me. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I kind of was a bit distracted by hoping Tim wouldn't faint so that he could actually see the birth of his child. Right, yeah. <laughs> I would laugh about now because he was like, oh, I can't believe that. And I said, actually, I'm really glad that you weren't coping that well because mm-hmm. you were a complete distraction for me and I just was focused on keeping him conscious yeah which is really funny bear in mind that I'm the one that's lying on a theatre bed getting cut open and oh my god never mind you've got to laugh but yeah the anaesthetist was so lovely Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he sat right up at my head end um and he chatted to me and Tim all the way through um from the minute we went into theatre till I was wheeled back out um he absolutely kept us calm um, and he was just the loveliest guy and I'm so grateful to him in hindsight because yeah it's it's a scary thing I think sometimes when it's obviously unpredictable and I think I didn't go in with a birth plan because I knew obviously it is a bit unpredictable things change and you might not give birth the way you thought you were going to give birth mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah I'll just be grateful to him because he was just so lovely and absolutely kept us calm that's so, so nice yeah. so nice to hear yeah definitely and and, and it, in terms of the first few hours after you'd had your section how was that for you all um yeah good that bit is a bit of a blur right um, yeah <laughs> no, of course I, <laughs> I can remember um getting kind of wheeled out and into recovery mm-hmm. um and oh, I know this sounds really silly but like the baby was really lovely and cute but I was so hungry when they said to me like do you want something to eat I was just so excited more excited about the toast <laughs> than I was about the baby which I know sounds so awful but no, I, no. Like I was still probably in a bit of shock yeah and, um they made me a cup of tea and some toast, which was like just really cheap, white, stodgy bread with loads of butter on it. And it was the best meal of my entire life. Oh, and it just tasted amazing. This toast was great. And um, yeah, I had to wait till I got the feeling back in my stomach before they would let me eat it. Right. Um, so that was a bit funny. Um, not because I just I felt a bit helpless. Mm-hmm. But again, they were so lovely. They looked after me. They gave me, one nurse gave me like a little bed bath, and like you'd think it would be one of those situations where you feel really vulnerable. But mm-hmm. I just remember being so grateful to her because I felt like clean. Yeah, yeah, um, and really looked after. So yeah, I had a little bed bath and toast, which was amazing, and then. The midwife came through, um, the really lovely midwife that I'd been on the two night shifts Aww. came down from the labor ward to, to see us, which was really kind. Um, 
and she asked if I wanted to try feeding. Mm-hmm. So um, I said yes, and they brought Robin over to me, and touch wood, she just latched brilliantly Great. from the word go. Um, and I think that was just, I just remember being so grateful, because obviously the birth had just not been what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And I thought, oh, just please let this bit be straightforward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was, mm-hmm. which was which was really lovely. Um, and she just latched it. It was brilliant. And she fed. And, um, yeah, that was the one straightforward bit, thank God, that actually wasn't complicated at all. She she just took to it really, really well. Amazing. Um, Amazing. Yeah. And, and in terms of, of feeding... Uh, how long did that last for you all? Was that something that continued for a while? Oh, yes. It's still continuing now, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, that's great. Yeah, so um, we didn't have the easiest start. Mm-hmm. I think, in hindsight, it maybe was linked to the birth a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I did ask before we went down to the theatre, I said, I really want skin to skin. I want the baby to be on me. And, mm-hmm. and they did. Um, but she came to me wrapped up, so she wasn't naked, so we didn't really get that much skin to skin. Yeah. Um, yeah. she was wrapped up, and then I felt very, very nauseous, so right. I, they took her back off me quite quickly. Um, and then obviously I, I don't know what the time scale was, but mm-hmm. then then needed to get like stitched back up and then put into recovery and wait for a bit of feeling to come back. So it probably was a good good few hours before I even really held her properly right, right. Um, and we didn't stay in hospital very long yeah. she was born on the 12th in the very early hours of the morning mm-hmm. and I really pushed which in hindsight I shouldn't have done but I really pushed to get myself discharged the day after right and um, and in hindsight, I shouldn't have done it because I should have stayed and had a bit more help with feeding mm-hmm. because, I don't know, I think I just wanted to be ho- at home. Yeah. Um, and I found the the post-cesarean recovery ward really hard. Yeah. It was just uh, it was just difficult because I was in a room with six other women. We were all completely incapacitated. If one of our babies cried, none of us could pick them up. Mm-hmm. Um and you were so reliant on the nurses who were brilliant and they did like but you had to ring a bell every time you wanted to pick your baby up and then ring a bell every time you needed them to be put back down and it was it was hard and there was no sleep and I just thought oh get me out of here I want to go home yeah 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 in hindsight I should have stayed and had a bit more help with the feeding because they were really good at helping with the feeding Mm -hmm. um in terms of her kind of latching on, she she took to that really well. So I kind of just thought, well, this is fine, she can do it. Um, but I still wasn't very experienced and I had never obviously breastfed before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I was a bit naive to it and it didn't come that easy. Yeah. Um, and I remember my friend texted me two or three days in and said, put put breast pads in your bra before you go to bed because I remember waking up and my sheets were soaked with milk when my milk came in Mm -hmm. I thought all right okay so I like put the breast pads in and woke up and there was there was I wasn't leaking at all there was nothing Mm -hmm. and I thought okay like it might just take a little bit longer um 
and then by this point we were home and I did have a really lovely community midwife who again was brilliant with helping with the feeding but Great. I just feel like my milk took a really long time to come in mm-hmm. um, so she did lose quite a bit of weight at the start so that was a bit of a worry mm-hmm. um, and but I was just so determined to breastfeed I just was so determined to kind of crack it, crack it and, and make it work so I just fed and fed and fed and fed on demand and obviously it's like you feed more you make more yeah um, so I just kind of did as much skin to skin as I could um and it it I don't know when it started working it was definitely a lot later for me and my, I, I don't ever remember when when my milk actually came in but we, we did get there in the end after a, probably a couple of weeks of mm-hmm been very worried that it wasn't going to work out um we finally got discharged from the midwife because she got back up to her birth weight um and after that it it got easier Mm um i think i think if you can get through the first six to eight weeks of breastfeeding then you're laughing after that it it does get so much easier Mm -hmm. but at the start it is hard really really hard well not for everyone but I found it hard yeah so yeah yeah and and, and apart from that how how was all the postnatal recovery 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 <laughs> physically and mentally for you having to deal with all of that on top of everything else how was it yeah um oh, to be honest it, it really is all a bit of a blur yeah it's, it's obviously well I felt like Robin came out nocturnal, so when we did have visitors who came round to to see her through the day, she was just this little angel who was asleep yeah. all the time. <laughs> and then she would wake up, have a feed, and go back to sleep, and everyone was like, "Oh wow!" Like, and and she was, she was an absolute delight, but she was nocturnal, and so we would be awake all day, just looking after her, mm-hmm. and then yeah, she just was it felt like she was just awake all night um so that was really tough yeah obviously because I wanted to to breastfeed it was all on me in terms of the feeds but Tim had to do a lot at the beginning um because I was completely incapacitated really so he did all of the nappies he did everything except feeding really um it I just kind of was there as the the milk machine and he did everything else. <laughs> um, even just things like she would wake up in the middle of the night and we had her in a bedside um, crib and mm-hmm. we had her on Tim's side so that when she woke up, Tim had to get up and pick her up. No, he didn't. He had to get up and he had to walk onto my side of the bed and help me sit up, prop me up with cushions, then go and pick Robin up and bring oh. her to me. And then he had to sit while I while I fed her and then he would put her back down um right. so he did loads bless him at the start it was very much a a team a lot of teamwork yeah um but I think I was just I was just really kind to myself at the start I didn't do a lot at all I think good, maybe good. that was the perks of a winter baby but I felt like we just we just hibernated and um I didn't do a lot physically to start with I think she was about probably about nine days old when we went for a walk um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we took her to just around the local park in our pram and I yeah. was able to push the pram and I felt vaguely normal by about nine days um post birth and then 
yeah, I just didn't just didn't do much, didn't overexert myself, um, mm. and just listened to my body. And, and and yeah, it just really took it easy to start with. And then um, I think it was three weeks to the day um, after having her that um, our friend was having a um, a thirtieth birthday party, mm-hmm. and we went to it. It was through the day thing, um, and. I just remember feeling like I was like on just the queen of being a mum. Like I just thought I would, I'd bossed it because I'd been able to actually wash my hair and put some <laughs> makeup on for the first time and actually get out of the house and be presentable. But yeah, that was three weeks. Um, and I drove. That was the other thing because I couldn't drive anywhere. Um, so yeah, but after three weeks, I was feeling pretty pretty normal, which was great because I, I didn't really amazing I hadn't yeah. thought about post-birth I hadn't thought about how it would affect me physically regardless of how baby had come out um yeah. I knew it would be sore somewhere exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah but I think I'm just grateful that I took it easy and um it was it was quite straightforward thank goodness I, mm-hmm. my scar healed really well and yeah but I think right. that is down to just not doing very much and taking it easy to start with. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it, honestly, it's been so amazing to hear from you because I think a lot of people, when they get thrown a birth that maybe wasn't exactly what they'd thought and planned, it can be really difficult to process for some people. But I feel like when I'm hearing you, you're at peace. Yeah, I am now. I don't think I was at the time. Yeah. Um, I think because I'd been so set on my hypnobirthing and I think there was a lot of what ifs, mainly what if, what would have happened if I hadn't gone in and been induced. Yeah. Or what would have happened if I'd gone in and the induction had worked and I'd gone on to have a natural delivery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, those are still things I think about, but ultimately I just think, well... You can go over things in your head, can't you? But really, I could have not been induced and I could have waited and she could have stayed in there another week and I would have had to be induced anyway. Yeah. Or I could have gone into natural labour and something might have happened that might have meant that I'd ended up with a cesarean anyway. So I think for me, it was, yeah, it, it did take a while to process. And even just sometimes the language people use of, like, I just said it myself there, a natural delivery. Yeah that can be quite hard because then if as someone that's had a cesarean you sometimes think well I didn't do it naturally like my body didn't do what it was supposed to do um so that can be something that you go over in your head as well and think oh well it just didn't happen but then I think because the breastfeeding although it wasn't it was a bit of a rocky start the breastfeeding worked and I feel like that kind of made up for the fact that I ended up with a cesarean but I don't I don't feel negatively about the birth anymore I think mm-hmm. it's just one of those things and actually going into it I don't know if we're lucky enough to have any more babies I don't know what I would do honestly because now I know what a cesarean entails there's actually a lot of positives to it for me now mm-hmm. um so yeah, that would be a huge dilemma for me. Actually, it's something that I think about a lot. Is yeah. what would I actually do if I was to have another one? Yeah, 
Yeah, and yeah. I suppose that that's completely normal to then question in the future whether you'd want a different experience or maybe one that was similar that you could control a bit more for yourself but I mean it's things change so quickly and and as you do more and more research and find out all the rights that you have which are so many rights um Mm. all of that will come to you and and I'm sure you'll make the best decision for you and and your family yeah, absolutely. It's just one of those things, like, I, there's so many perks for me of, like, I'd really want to have a go at it because I never got a chance to the first time. But mm-hmm. then now I know that what a cesarean entails and and for Tim as well, I think it would be that it, it is the only element of control you can have over birth is having an elected cesarean. Yeah. And um, when I did my, anti-na- my antenatal classes... Um, there was a girl in that class that was on her second baby and she was having an elected section mm-hmm. but she still did all the hypnobirthing and um, at the time I thought like why I didn't yeah. understand why she was doing it but now I absolutely get why she was doing it and it's hypnobirthing is relevant to whatever kind of birth you have yeah, yeah de- well definitely and I think it's a huge stigma when people say well I'm having an elective cesarean or I I probably will end up having a cesarean they think well I don't need a doula I don't need hypnobirthing because I don't really need to focus on any of that stuff when in reality they're sort of suitable for every scenario really because they're they're there for you and how and your mental state and all that and you're definitely a testament to that so Yeah. Thank you so much, honestly, for, for being oh, so honest right. about everything. Oh, it's okay. It's a pleasure. I could talk about birth and babies all day. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, thanks so much for spending time and doing this. And it's been a great experience to discuss a cesarean. Mm-hmm. Have you not had as many of them? Not or... as many. I've had quite a few instrumentals. Um, okay. and water births I had a car birth the other day <laughs> wow um but we've had quite quite a mixture um mm-hmm. but no I haven't had many cesareans recently because most of them have had inductions and then resulted in instrumental support so right. so it is great to have a cesarean birth on but also one yeah. that's not traumatic in a way yeah. you get what I mean it's, yeah. it's the way you speak is fairly positive and 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 calm about it all yeah I have to say that is one thing I try and do if someone because so many people after I had I was like oh my, like people would message me and be saying oh god I heard you had a cesarean like it was like the worst thing yeah and again yeah. that didn't it, it's really not helpful so of I would course. never do that to someone else but yeah like so many people had said oh I know you said you didn't want a traumatic birth, but I heard you ended up having a cesarean. Mm-hmm. And I would go back and visit, and I would just say, oh, well, I didn't have a traumatic birth. Yeah. I, I chose to have a cesarean. I had a choice. And yeah. um, I don't I don't regret that choice. And it was very straightforward. And I still got to give birth. Yes, it wasn't how I thought it was going to be, but yeah. it was still lovely. And it was actually really calm. And I wasn't high as a kite on any drugs. Mm-hmm. So I remember it, which is lovely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's something we're working really hard to try and uh, not combat, but change the narrative, especially Mm -hmm. here 
in terms of how we're weird things and how we see things really because the word natural and normal are just thrown around too easily and it? it's not yeah it's not healthy for, for everyone to be exposed to that type of language so good for you for for coming back and being so um level-headed about your experience honestly yeah well hopefully other people can you know listen to my story and think actually a cesarean's not a bad thing and you're not defeated if you have a cesarean definitely it can be just as just as lovely to have a cesarean and they you can make them so natural now as well like they can lower the screen yeah so you can yeah. see your baby come out which is amazing i didn't have that but it's something i would definitely ask for if i was going to have another one because yeah. i think it's important psychologically to see your baby come out of your body however they come out exactly exactly so, yeah no that that's great and and thank you so much for for being so positive about everything and honest Oh, that's my pleasure. Thank you for having me and listening to me waffle on for ages. Sorry if it's gone on too long. No, 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 you're fine.